Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to another edition of the Wolverine.com Monday Night Podcast here on the Wolverine YouTube channel. Anthony Broom here with Clayton Safey and Chris Ballas as we are every Monday night and always uh, our show sponsored by our friends over at RogueShop.com. You will hear us talk about them a little bit later in the program. But guys, bye week behind us, uh, Michigan State week, hate week. Uh, it's it's not just neighborly hate. Uh, it's, it's, it's brotherly hate. Little brotherly hate week is upon us. So a lot to sift through. I mean, obviously not a game to talk about this weekend, but a much a much needed refresh for all of us. I can speak for all of us there. Uh, so it's going to kind of be us just playing point guard to you guys. Throw your questions in. Throw your uh, donations in to move your questions to the front of the line, uh, and we'll we'll be here as long as the questions come in. So we will start with speaking of great listeners and speaking of donations to get at the front of the line. Shane Johnson as he does every week, gets first crack, $10 donation. Uh, for those of you watching live on YouTube, we appreciate that. Fellas, uh, usually I would intro you, but I'm just going to start you off with this. Uh, Shane says Michigan's identity forming last year is now cemented, prevented, um, prevent you from chucking ball over the field with time of possession while mauling you to death with better personnel and credit to Mike Elston and a big key to number three scoring defense. Throwing a lot at us there. Uh, basically what he's saying is, Fellas, uh, how do you feel now that we've had a week to decompress to kind of um, evaluate what this team looks like? How, how do you feel the identity of this team is coming along? And, and Chris, we'll start out with you this week. Uh, yeah, you know what? It's Jim Harbaugh's identity, and that's the fun part. Shane, though, I got to give this to Shane. Shane, we were talking about this, and because you're such a great poster here, and we're going to give you this. Uh, this is the former Wolverine cover. It says uh, – oh, an era begins 2008. You can see that that's Rich Rodriguez. We can even get it to sign, get him to sign it for you. Uh, this thing's been sitting in my garage and for God's sake, I can't get rid of it. So nobody wants it. Even the garbage man leaves it there with all due respect to rich. So anyway, Shane, it's yours and thank you. Uh, but Shane, you're absolutely right, man. And uh, Mike Elston was a huge hire. And I said this at the time, you know what? We hinted to it on the message board and the Notre Dame people went crazy. Balance your nuts. They're stupid. They think they're getting Mike Elston. And then guess what? Uh, 
midnight Mike comes in over to he comes over to Michigan, but it wasn't at midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did it right. So it was fun. And uh, it, w- it was a great get because he is a great, great hire and a great Michigan man. I know he's a good friend of John Jansen's. And uh, sorry, D Brown. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he's a friend of John Jansen's and, uh, and I knew when in talking to John, when, um, that, Hey, they got a good one there, but you're absolutely right, guys. This is exactly how Jim Harbaugh likes to win. And I think there's no question that he is feeling comfortable with this team and feeling really optimistic about what he can do, not just against Michigan state on Saturday, but for the rest of the year. There's something satisfying about being able to win with physicality. That's exactly what Michigan has done. It's been their identity for the last couple of years. They got away from it a little bit, but I think he feel you know he felt last year. Let's get back to our roots here. Be physical, uh, but at the same time, as uh, Shane Johnson mentions, the personnel is really good, and I think that allows them to be a little more diverse, even though, than what we've seen when they need to, and they probably will have to if they want to win a national championship, which they do. Um, so we'll see that potentially come to fruition, maybe this year, maybe the year after, things like that. But uh, you're right. It's fun to watch. And Mike Elston is doing an outstanding job. Sean Nua, I mean, he, you know, by all accounts, he was able to stay here if he wanted to. But he decides to go to USC, which was, I think, a good move for him. He's got West Coast ties and family over there. And then Michigan gets a blessing in disguise there with Mike Elston coming home. And Chris, as you mentioned, it's just look at the reaction from the Notre Dame fans about, how good Mike Elston was. They couldn't believe it. And then once it happened, they were extremely upset about that, seeing him go to a rival. So that tells you all you need to know. And then, you know, watching the games on Saturdays, he's done a great job with that group. Yeah, Ballas showing up to people's houses with old uh, football preview giant blowups like uh, like he's from the publisher's clearinghouse. It's a hilarious <laughs> visual. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, Rita's going to be there with me with her cheese dip too. So <laughs> whatever we can do to get rid of this thing, okay? Well, that's yeah. that's yeah. that's Sorry. a great way to start. Uh, Rich Rod, huge face in 4K high definition. Uh, I shouldn't have eaten dinner before I hopped on Sorry. here, but um, yeah, uh, back to the identity identity of this team. I mean, I, I know it's uh, Chris. I like how you put it in your article over the weekend that Jim Harbaugh's Michigan has arrived, and I know that early on, you know. Early on, it was it was apparent that there was a change there. You know, some of those earlier Harbaugh teams looked similar to Stanford era teams, but still kind of a missing link there. I don't know if it was an edge or a, a personnel thing or just the looks, but I think fine they finally figured it out. Where this is, it's Harbaugh Stanford, but it's more like it, it's starting to resemble more, especially when you factor in RPO stuff on offense and, and being multiple in your looks on defense, disguising coverages bringing exotic pressures from everywhere. It's, it's those old Stanford teams mixed with sort of new age um, or, or at least new hotness uh, NFL concepts and things like that. So uh, yeah, I love, I love the identity that's taken shape with this group. I like the makeup of this team. Even last week we talked to players. They're thinking about MSU. We talked to players today, obviously squarely the focus is on MSU. This isn't a game as we talk about. And again, feel free to get your questions in. Throughout the evening, uh, the the chat is starting to fill up here a bit. Um, I like the way this team, you know, outside of what they do from an X's and O's perspective, I like how they handle their business on the field. So, uh, speaking of talking to people at press conferences, a little bit, and D Brown uh, has one for us here. Harbaugh is back. Did you all hear what he said about Lil Fish Franklin? Uh, <laughs> we did all hear it. We were there. Uh, we were there at the Jim Harbaugh press conference today. 
all three of us. Plus uh, also shout out to John Borton, who will be live 5.30 p.m. tomorrow night on this channel. Yeah, Clayton, you want to run through what uh, the latest in PB&J gate? Yeah, so as yeah we talked about last week, kind of the PB&J gate of obviously the uh, little skirmish, shenanigan type of deal in the locker room at halftime where Penn State was feeling good about itself, only down two points after you know having really two good plays the entire half. And it's exactly what it looked like, what Harbaugh said, was that Penn State was kind of blocking Michigan from getting into its locker room, and then they were chirping and all that. And James Franklin, then a video that emerged a few days later, was in the mix yelling at Michigan coaches and things like that. And as Jim Harbaugh said, I want to give myself credit for predicting that he would say, talk about whining with this. You remember the tweet from about five, six years ago, him saying, does anybody find whining to be attractive? Just curious. And I don't even remember what that was about. It was just back when he was calling people out on Twitter. Might have been Mark D'Antonio. could have been Kirby Smart, something like that. Um, and that's basically what he said today. He, did, he has bigger fish to fry than to worry about that type of whining. But, you know, James Franklin looked like the ringleader of the whole thing. And uh, it was just fun to see. Uh, I, you know, what's your deal, Jim? Is uh, Somebody said that in the comments as well. It, it felt like that. And uh, maybe he'll backslap Mel Tucker this weekend just to cap off a great week. I'd be all right with that. <laughs> Send him on his merry way, but you got to win the game first. But yeah, it was, it, you know what, James Franklin, somebody posted uh, in there, used car salesman sums it up perfectly, right? Every time I see this guy, I'm like, all right, uh, what's he going to try to sell me this week? But he's just not a, uh, he, he is what he is. And you can tell that they're, when they shake hands, there it is, Sean Patterson. When they shake hands after games, uh, you know, last year, Shane, James Franklin didn't even look at Jim Harbaugh, couldn't even look him in the eye. So, um, so that was wonderful. And you know what, here's the thing. When you say that it's been an issue for a long time in the tunnel, I think it's what, what James Franklin said. It happened once before, and that was Ohio State and Michigan going up the tunnel. And you know what? Then you play the victim, and nobody likes that. You know, when you're sitting there and you're you're holding up your team, as Jim Harbaugh said, he would look like the ringleader. And he's it's from keeping them from getting into their locker room. And then you sit there and cry and say, well, they, you know, stop your guys from talking to us. Well, they kicked their ass on the field in the second half and did their talking there. So, but yeah, Franklin's a whiner. Let's be honest, man. He's really, he's that first guy that's going to shake your hand when he kicks your butt. And he's that guy that's going to sit there and cry when you kick his butt. So uh, that's exactly who James Franklin is. And I think it was Dave Jones from penlive.com who wrote, you know what? Penn State got its perfect fit in James Franklin and Michigan got its perfect fit in Jim Harbaugh. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, this is a, an exclusive for the video edition, a little musical performance. This is me playing the world's <laughs> smallest violin for James Franklin. This is what kills me about that. Um, and we don't need to spend too much time on this, but you know, Michigan Stadium has been around for what, 100 years? I don't know. You guys are more of the historians than mm -hmm. I am. It's as simple as walking up the tunnel and going to your locker room. Uh, the visiting team gets to do it first because they're on that side of the field. Why are your guys still in the tunnel to begin with? That's pretty much sums that up right there. Mm -hmm. Get your ass back to your locker room. It's not that complicated. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm sure that, that there will be a, I'm sure there will be a return shot over the bow from, from Penn state, but uh, it's Michigan state week. Jim Harbaugh, I think has, said had the final word on the matter at least in terms of what will receive coverage and things like that but yeah um he, he had to get it, it was so funny because he started out that quote by saying oh we have bigger fish to fry and then he talks about it for what a minute and a half and, and yeah he's, um he's a petty man that's that's it's one of the best things about him and sometimes one of the things that kind of annoys people about him but 
Uh, let's go to, 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 to uh, Sean Patterson, the aforementioned Sean Patterson, who says, any word on jerseys, all maize, maize tops, blue pants? No, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. I know they like their big game blues. It sounds like they're going to do a blue out, or that's the unofficial plan for this weekend, or the official plan. I'm not sure what the marketing is. Uh, to me, I said it on the board last week, and, and this is when we can kind of just answer quick and, and move on to the next one. It'd be beach your rival wearing the best uniforms in college sports. Mm-hmm. Blue tops, maze pants, winged helmet. That's all I need to see. I agree with that. And you know what? I like the big, the big game blues have kind of grown on me, especially when you win so many big games in them, right? And they look kind of cool. And during a blue out, I think that'd be really cool too. At the same time, I'm with you, man. The maze pants, blue jerseys, uh, that to me does it. I don't want to see a maze jersey with blue pants. I think that's West Virginia esque, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, even though the old maze didn't really do it for me at the time. So, you know, I can sing it off my lawn. But to me, uh, you know what? It's beautiful. The, the the maze pants, the blue jersey, and the all blues uh, as, as number two for me. I, I didn't mind the May, the all maze when they were kind of at a neutral site. First game of the season back in 2017 against Florida. Obviously helps if you win as well. Um, because you look at some of the alternates they've worn over the years. People remember them based on the outcome of the game. So that's the only thing that really matters. Um, no, yeah, wear the traditional ones. The all blues are fine too. Obviously, I mean, the results speak for themselves in those outside of the Georgia game and uh, doesn't really have a bearing on the game. Totally agree about the West Virginia look. That would be a little weird. Um, I will say though, you know, Mike Sainer still talked about it last year with the leadership council in Harbaugh kind of deciding together what they're going to wear. Um, I just kind of like it, like it goes back to the culture in general. I just kind of like that the players have the input that they care. They're having fun with stuff like this. So I'm kind of in the boat of whatever they decide is, is fine with me because Hey, they've been winning a lot of games. The culture is strong. They're having fun with this stuff. So kind of let them do what they want. Yeah. Win the, win the game. I mean, wear a, wear a beige potato sack for all I care. Just, you know, win the game, take care of business. Don't do um, I would, yeah, don't do that. Um, <laughs> I'm not very fashionable, but yeah, let's, we'll see. Um, I, I would, I tend to believe this is going to be a, a traditional week. I don't think we're getting these jerseys this week. I don't think the crowd thing has any effect on it, but we'll see. And I'll be interested to see. Um, I don't know if they've tried a blue out before Chris, that might be something you have. I don't um, think so. Uh, apparently they did once about okay. 10 years ago or something like that. Okay. Um, that's what Dave Abloff said last week when we were chatting with him. Um, but not really sure. I mean, it, it's hard to do a specific color when it gets a little bit colder out. Blue is easier than maize, which is, I think, why they went with the Penn State maize out a couple weeks ago. But the maize pom-poms are going to look good. It's going to be a great crowd. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. So we'll see what happens. Uh, of course, night game, it will be um, that field. That atmosphere just hits a little bit different at night. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's go to Adam Shepardson who has an MSU week question. Uh, he says, who do you guys think Peyton Thorne will attack via the passing game? I think it's whoever Jaden Reed, uh, whoever's covering Jaden Reed, number one. Although, remember that a couple of years ago when it was, what is his name, Ricky White, again, or whoever it was, the speedster, and they put their fastest guy out there and just told him to run by him and, you know, have uh, Rocky Lombardi throw the ball up and go get it. And that's exactly what happened. He had the game of his life. I still don't know how that happened, but uh, but it did, and give him credit, right? A terrible quarterback who had the game of his life, and that seems to happen in games like these sometimes. So uh, I think 
yeah, I, but I would imagine that Jaden Reed would be a huge part of their game plan. They've got good receivers. Jim Harbaugh gave them credit today and said, look, they, this might be the best receiving core that we've seen so far. Uh, maybe, maybe it is, maybe it's not, but he's going to give praise to the opponent. You know, as I wrote in my column today, I said, well, no, Peyton Thorne's a good quarterback. Not really. You know, they, they run the ball. Well, no, nah, no, nah, they really don't do that well either. So if you look at the stats and where they are, and even when they were healthier, they weren't, they weren't very good. So this is a team that you should handle at home. And that is the one area that Michigan State's probably going to try to exploit uh, is, you know what, the, the Michigan secondary with that receiving core and you shut them down. I think you shut down Michigan State and you win handily. Yeah. I mean, Michigan secondary is completely different than it was two years ago. They were able to, you know, in a way it's like, how did that happen? We were all saying that after that game, but then in hindsight, that was a, a terrible defense. Really. I think they allowed, more than 35 points a game, like four or five games in a row to end that year. I mean, it was just brutal. And the secondary was young, inexperienced that, you know, opt outs obviously played a factor there. But to this year's game, I mean, Michigan secondary has been very good for the most part. You've seen, you know, some mishaps here and there. Um, but Michigan State's wide receivers are pretty good. You know, Jaden Reed is very, very good potential All-American. And then Keon Coleman has kind of a knack for going up and getting the ball. We've seen that, especially over the last couple weeks couple games for them obviously with the bye last week but um so I, I think you know if they get a couple big plays through the air that's going to be huge for them especially because they haven't been able to run the ball that effectively 3.7 yards per carry so um, i think that ranks 101st in the country so they're going to need to do some of that and peyton Thorne is decent he can he can make some good throws i he doesn't put together great games necessarily but series drives throws i mean he can do all that sorts of sorts of stuff so um yeah it's it's going to be michigan secondary having to rise to the occasion pass rush got to get there and uh if they can kind of shut that down and they don't allow big plays through the air it could be a long night for michigan state i see over there uh, real quick anthony account 22 saying that o-line won't give them enough time for that many deep balls it's just a three-step drop in 2015 when they're chucking it up for aaron burbridge you know what that ball was out before that michigan defensive yeah. line had a chance so that's how michigan state countered that and to me, I think that's probably, you know, what probably be part of the game plan this year, too. So we'll see how Michigan counters it. But that's the one way and the one concern if you're a Michigan fan that, OK, they can get some big plays in the air, maybe get some pass interference penalties and go from there. I think D.J. Turner will be tested. I think somebody else said that. I think you're right. Yeah, there are, uh, you know, I'm going to obviously we're diving into Michigan State this week. So excited to kind of see where the matchups might lie for Michigan. I don't know that the quick game is something that really is, is something that their offense does really well. I mean, you look at last year, um, Peyton Thorne was 19 for 30. This is against Michigan, 19 for 30, 196 yards, had a pair of picks and, and was sacked three, three times, but um, didn't make a ton of plays in that game, but made them late when it counted, you know, something that they like to do or something that he likes to do, especially with Jaden Reed in the lineup is, uh, I'll stop short of saying it's like 500 dead or alive, but sometimes he'll just chuck the ball down the field and hope that Jaden Reed's there to make a play. And a lot of times he is. I mean, Jaden Reed, you know, outside of those guys at Ohio State, might be one of might be one of the top two, top three wide receivers in the Big Ten. So really good player. Keon Coleman is a guy that uh, Reed trusts and, and has a good rapport with. So uh, we'll see what happens. He he's coming off his best game of the year uh, against Wisconsin. Uh, 21 for 28, 265 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, only sacked twice. But uh, he's been up and down throughout the year. So I think what what they're going to do is when we look at who they attack, I think they're just going to attack. 
Um, they're going to live and die by what they feel like they do well. And that's getting the ball to read, getting the, uh, the ball to Coleman. And, you know, if they throw interceptions, then I guess that's, that's how they're going down. But uh, Peyton Reed is capable. I, I know there are times where he's been shaky. It looks like he might be seeing ghosts uh, to quote uh, Sam Darnold, but mm-hmm. I, I can, there is, there is a path for Michigan state to make this interesting. And it starts to me with what, what they can do through the air. So We'll see what happens with that. I want to stop real quick. A lot of questions in the queue. Uh, Stop real quick to talk about our friends over at the Rogue Shop. Um, Our pals Richard and Shar have been wonderful sponsors uh, to us throughout the football season, sponsors of our Monday night show. Uh, They are craft cannabis farmers specializing in small batch, sustainable plant medicine. Of course, you know, Richard is a disabled combat veteran and his wife, Shar, is a certified CBD consultant and life coach. Uh, Rogue Shop operates out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and they work to not only manufacture, but educate you guys, our listeners, about THC-based medicines. If you're looking for products that can help diffuse stress, anxiety, soothe some chronic pain, uh, take care of insomnia, they have a lot of things at their disposal uh, at rogueshop.com for you guys to check out. I mean, to list it off, it'd take us you know, a whole segment of the show to list off the products that they have. But uh, for you guys personally, uh, for promo code the Wolverine, you guys can get ten percent off at the Rogue Shop. Um, each box that they send out comes with a personal handwritten letter sent with love from Mister and Mrs. Rogue to add that extra touch to their care packages. Um, we talk about it every week. We stand by sponsors that take care of us and that are good people. Uh, they have been they have been tremendous. Uh, it was nice to relax last week, but you know during magazine weeks during. Some of our busier times of the year, we're going to have to be double dipping soon with basketball. Um, there is a little bit of, uh, there's some stress and anxiety with it. And you know, some of the stuff that they've sent along have helped diffuse that. I know uh, for me, when there's a million things going on, uh, some of the, uh, you know, a piece of, you know, a tiny piece of a gummy or something will kind of help me focus and keep me locked in. Uh, pain cream had some stuff going on with my back throughout the year. That's been very helpful. So cannot speak enough about, uh, the good things that they've done for us and their support of our show. Yeah. And a story, my mom's friend, a 79 year old friend couldn't sleep. She's had a bit of a gummy and she slept for nine straight hours and felt great in the morning. And she said, thank you. So uh, our, our recommendations are going a long way. And I love to see that because I love, uh, again, supporting good people with good products. You know, you can be a good pe- person and have a crappy product. That certainly is not the case here. These guys are fantastic. And so is their product. And we certainly appreciate them. Yeah, it's an intense week, as we all know, Michigan versus Michigan State. So uh, if you want to unwind, the CBD gummies are fantastic. I will be taking part in that this week um, and most weeks going forward, but uh, definitely a great product. Yeah, so thank you. Uh, 10% off at the Rogue Shop with promo code the Wolverine at RogueShop.com. Of course, you guys watching uh, on the video edition just saw Hutch pull up the website there. Thank you so much uh, for your continued support of our show uh let's see move back to questions now quick one from owen owen 16 i wonder what that's in reference to uh he says are we beating msu by 30 or 40 i know i i get the tone of that is is a joke but let's talk about vegas odds real quick um michigan was installed as a i think 21 and a half point favorite uh when the lines were officially released on sunday i thought i saw the uh you know again not very good prep for a live show. I think the over/under set at fifty-four and a half. Vegas projecting a a hefty win for Michigan. Now MSU, I, I think, is six and two against the spread in its last eight games against Michigan. So 
there's, like I said, there are paths to them making it somewhat interesting, but uh, Vegas expecting, I think, what our eyeballs have seen so far, fellas. Yeah, here are the paths. A completely botched punt that you'll see once in a million games. A monsoon at night, um, you know, with your backup quarterback. Uh, eight reviews that go against you. You know, it's crazy. Jim Harbaugh could easily be seven and zero in this series. Somehow he's in three and is three and four. And breaks have a way of evening out, guys. You know what? I'm not I'm not making excuses for him because the bottom line is you have to win. But anything that could go wrong has gone wrong in this series for Michigan. So uh, I don't think these guys are phased by that. I think this group is like, okay, when we heard Donovan Edwards say, you know what, we're gonna take what did he say he said there's we're gonna show no mercy we're gonna win and we're not gonna show any mercy and kind of was under the radar for a little bit until somebody picked it up and uh, but you know what that's how they feel and this is not a team as we saw against Penn State that gets phased when a couple things go wrong so if Michigan State goes down I think Anthony said maybe they'll have their scripted plays where they'll go down and maybe kick a field goal or score or something like that and then Michigan will adjust whatever Uh, Michigan is the better football team I think everybody knows it now the better football team doesn't always win in this series so we'll see what happens but I think they're confident enough that, hey, we know we're better. We're going to do what we do. Don't overthink it. Just go out and do what you do. Don't retaliate on the cheap shots because you know there are going to be some. There always are. And take care of business. And I think they win this game handily. Yeah, it should end up that way. If Michigan plays well, as as simple as this sounds, if Michigan plays well, doesn't turn it over, doesn't make those big mistakes that you're talking about, they should win pretty comfortably. And, you know, it sounds maybe arrogant or cocky to say, but Michigan has proven to be the much better team. Michigan State has had, you know, an up and down season, mostly down for the most part. They bounced back with a win against Wisconsin in double overtime a couple weeks ago. Win looks okay now, especially after Wisconsin beat Purdue. Uh, But it was still a struggle of a game, and they still didn't do a lot of things right in that game. So if you're Michigan, you play behind the crowd, uh, you take care of your business, and this should be at least, you know, a couple score win. Uh, But I think in a rivalry game like this, in in a game where it's basically November, uh, you know, a few days before November, and you're chasing a title, you get out with whatever win you can, you move on to the next week and, uh, and you know, you continue because it's been a great season so far, but I think Michigan should feel conf- confident going into this game. Sounds like they do from, uh, you know, listening to these players talk at the podium and Donovan Edwards with John Jansen there. This, I was a little surprised he said some of those things, but uh, that's how they feel, as you said. And, and, you know, I think they have a reason to feel that way. They just got to get the job done. Well, you better back it up, right? That That's the big thing. I mean, there have been teams that have talked before and lost games to Michigan State, Ohio State. Go back it up. I, I said this, I did a, a quick little Twitter spaces on Sunday night, and I basically said, I think in my head, I know how this game will probably go. Chris, you alluded to it. MSU will probably run the greatest scripted drive in the history of Michigan State football. All the ghosts of the Spartan greats of the past will lift them up and give them an early lead in Ann Arbor. I bet Michigan probably is in a bit of a dogfight with them at the half, a little bit of rust from the bye week. It's 14-10, 17-10 at the half, and then water finds its level. Michigan makes adjustments and, and beats the brakes off them in the second half. That's what I feel like I've seen. That's I feel, I feel like that's been their MO kind of all season um, with a lot of these games. So, yeah, I mean, don't, um, you know, there's going to be, it's going to be physical. There will be cheap shots. There will. That's just the way they they coach things up there, no matter who's in charge. Um don't don't take the 15 yard personal foul penalty. Don't uh, get the taunting penalty. Make the plays. Get back to the huddle. Hand the football to the referee. Let's just let's just keep this thing moving. You know, it's it's a night game. Let's get out of there in in three three hours or so if we can. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, still a lot of a lot of ways to go. Um, it's not just it's not being cocky. 
uh, when we talk about it. I mean, Vegas sees it that way. The computers see it this way. There's always that, you know, if you go by ESPN's FPI, there's like a 10% chance that Michigan loses this game. I think it's probably less than that. Uh, but that's that weird gray area where weird stuff can happen as it tends to at times in this rivalry. So um, typically when MSU comes into this game with four losses or more, uh, it's been, it's been a blowout in favor of the Wolverines. So not a ton of, uh, not a ton of concern there, always on high well, alert, but not a so ton 30 of- or 40. What are, what are we thinking? I'll say thirty if it's one of the two, probably. But it could be forty. I mean, who knows? I'll say this: he's not taking his foot off the gas this time. If they get up, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna make a statement. Yeah, you know, Tuck coming, all that crap. You know what? Two and zero. The first game, the half of the Michigan team, the three three of their best players who are now in the NFL were sitting out. There were no fans. That was a terrible Michigan team. You know what? Nobody even. You look back and you know PJ Flex talking about how 2020 didn't count because they weren't going to sacrifice that their progress for that one crappy season when half the teams didn't play. So good on you for winning that one last year was man uh, a lot of, a lot had to go wrong for them to lose that game but they did. So I think they're they've circled this one and we've heard the talk in the preseason for the first time about Michigan State where okay we better we better pay a little more attention to this when to go out and win it this year and I think they're going to handle take care of business. Yeah, and Harbaugh even said it's one of their four goals was to beat Michigan State, yep. beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten, win the national championship. And, and there have been years where he stepped up to the podium and said, you know, our goal is to win the next game. The next game is right. the most important. It's already 10 out of 10 every week. Yep. But this, you know, this week on Monday today, he said, um, you know, every week you strive for it to be 10 out of 10 where you're preparing as much as you possibly can, as intense as you possibly can. But if some weeks it's not quite there this week, it absolutely will be. So they're they're attacking it head on. They have since the beginning of the year, not just because Michigan State is three and four coming in. Um, and I kind of like that mentality where it's like, okay, we're gonna we'll go to your level, we'll stoop to your level, and take it as serious as you do, and see if you can hang. Yeah, and it's all about uh, again, as Roman Wilson said last week. I won't say it on here. This is a family show. Um, you can't can't do the BS. Can't can't do any of that stuff. It's something those guys have cited frequently when we've talked to them the last couple of weeks is how terrible that bus ride home was last year. Um, that is guys like Ryan Hayes and Mozzie Smith, that, that stung and that's built a callus that they're, those guys are ready for this game. I think they're antsy for this game. Hopefully not antsy enough where you're making mistakes and shoot yourself in the foot early on. Um, but Hey, you make one, you make just one play last year down the stretch and you win that football game and no one was able to, even with all the crap that went on leading up to that. So I think those guys are on high alert for all that stuff heading into this game. Uh, Let's go to, there's a lot in here to choose from. Now you guys are the best. Again, feel free. If you want to get a question, get it into the queue. If you want to jump the line, use that donate feature below and and throw us some beer money. If you will, Uh, let's go to Adam Shepardson who says, Anyone from Michigan get healthy over the bye week? Hopefully, Nakai Hill Green. Chris, any injury updates? Yeah, I don't see that one happening. I think Kate will be ready to go. And in fact, we heard he was practicing without the brace and everything else for, uh, last week. So uh, Jim Harbaugh would not comment on that today, but they're going to potentially need him. Who knows? You know, uh, if something were to happen to JJ, then the guy that you want to go in is Cade. And everybody can say, well, one of those other guys. Well, no, those guys have not been playing. So Cade's the guy you want out there. So hopefully Hill Green, even if he is healthy, uh, is this the game where you unleash him, you know, coming back, maybe be a little bit rusty. I would rather have a guy in there like Michael Barrett, who has been playing, Kalel Mullings even behind him. Uh, and they're going to need Barrett in pass coverage as well. 
I think. So those are the guys I think that you run with this week and uh, everybody else, Eric all obviously out for the year, as we alluded to earlier this season, now it's been confirmed. So other than that, they're, they're relatively healthy and ready to go. They're going to be frothing at the mouth, guys. I don't think there's any question about it. Michigan State's going to be healthier too. But as somebody post, posted out, pointed out, you know, they weren't very good at the beginning of the year, even when they were healthy. So this is a game that Michigan should definitely win. Yeah, I'm I'm with all that. Hopefully, uh, yeah, Nikhil Green. That's that doesn't sound typically this time of year when there's no update. That means there's nothing new to report, and nothing new to report in his case would mean that he's not really close to returning. So. Uh, DJ James says Jacob Slade is back. He'll make a difference and slow down the Michigan run game, but not enough. We'll see. Uh, Penn State thought they would slow down the Michigan run game too. Do I think and Iowa and Iowa? Yep. Uh, and Urban Meyer said that Penn State, there's no doubt they will slow down Michigan's run game. I, the, I was rewatching the game and I was like, I mean, I thought they would too slow down for sure. Not for sure, I guess. But I mean, it's just funny. It's just hilarious. You can't script it any better. He says there's absolutely no doubt, and then. 418 happens so yeah yeah well football's a funny game that's why you play the games right and that's why and i'll say this they'll take those guys will take it seriously right anthony i didn't mean to interrupt you there um but these guys you know what these these guys are combo block blocking like uh, between olu olu Atimi and the guards man combo blocking as well as i've seen and blowing guys off the ball so i don't think jacob slade's scaring anybody on that team yeah not uh if it was jacob panashuk maybe you'd be watching your knees a little closer but <laughs> there it um, is Let's go to Jason Parkinson, who says, I don't need to, I don't believe Michigan needs to open the playbook versus Michigan State. Keep it simple. Fight them in a phone booth. Wear them out on both fronts. No reactionary penalties. They will try. Stay sound. Uh, I talked about this. Uh, it was either the last podcast we did or uh, in a, a Twitter spaces or something where it was, you know, that first six or seven weeks of the year is where, and really those first three weeks, Let's be honest, guys. We didn't learn anything about this football team. So it's really the last four or five weeks is where you establish, uh, you know, your tendencies and, and what you're building off of the rest of the year. Now that we're past the bye week, we're into we're basically into the stretch run now. This is when you start to break tendency a little bit more. And, you know, I don't know if there there might be some state secrets they're keeping to themselves. But uh, if there's a trick play, if there's a fake punt, if there's something that they can do to I'll say it embarrassed Michigan state in this game. I think they'll, they'll dump out the bag of tricks. I, I, I actually think we'll probably see the most creativity we've seen so far this year. Yeah. What was the play to Cornelius Johnson a few years back when they uh, faked little, uh, yeah, the fake the run and pulled up and then Johnson runs past him for a touchdown to make it 44 to 10, I believe it was. Yep. So yep. that is, uh, you know, something like that. Maybe. Absolutely. I can see that. So, uh, but it's to, to your point, Jason, you're absolutely right. You know what? You don't need to get cute. I mean, I thought there were times against Penn State they got a little bit cute down at the goal line, you know, and on third and two uh, when J.J. McCarthy threw the interception. I see all this, the, the accolades for J.J. McCarthy, and they're very well deserved. But a big part of the reason that that game wasn't more in hand at halftime were because of his mistakes. And there was also another one that almost could have been on the sideline. Blake Corum makes a catch on a ball that might have been a pick six. And I'm going to sneeze. Excuse me. <laughs> Just thinking about it. So 
Sorry, guys. So, but um, yeah, and then down at the goal line, they were trying to pull, I think, Gio Elhadi, who gets caught up with one, you know, and I'm like, just run it at, you're you're crushing him up front. You know what, if you need three tries to get it in from the two, don't do something that's going to lose you three yards by running outside. So, um, but Jason, you're right. Keep it simple. Run different plays off your, you know, different tendencies. Uh, up, plays off the tendencies that you've shown, and I think you'll be just fine. I, I expect them to put up a lot of points on this defense. I don't think they need to run trick plays or fake punts or anything like that, but I think they're going to get creative, and that's probably part of the nature of this game in the matchup because Michigan State's secondary is not very good, so I think we're going to see Michigan throwing the ball downfield a little bit more. I mean, you saw even Graham Mertz have some success doing that a couple weeks ago in East Lansing, so do that. Run the ball as well. Jacob Slade's back. Jacoby Windman is now playing middle linebacker for them. Um, you know, they are better at stopping the run than stopping the pass, but it's not saying a ton. Um, so, yeah, do what you do. Establish the ground game. But I still think there are going to be opportunities there downfield. And, you know, I think that's where Michigan can pull away in this game, whether it's in the first quarter, second quarter, the third quarter, the fourth quarter. Uh, there's going to be some opportunities for those plays to be made. And I will say this, too, about holding back the playbook there's always going to be some things that you can do off of different things that as the season progresses, naturally uh, we even saw that going into the big 10 championship game last year where they had a couple of those plays, but this time of the year when you're fighting for a championship and especially when you're playing a rival, that's going to give you their best effort at the very least. I don't think you should hold a ton back. Uh, it's, it's time to go at this point and do what you do best. And uh, you know, if there's a play or something Michigan's coaching staff sees that could potentially work in this game, I don't see any reason why you would, save it for another game because the cliche goes, I mean, this is the most important game right now. You have to win all these games leading up to Ohio state. If you want your best chance to win the big 10. Can't disagree with any of that. Um, I would go as far as to say, and this might be the hot take of the week. I mean, knowing what Michigan accomplished, Michigan state's terrible. They need to win this game. They can't go to zero and three against Mel Tucker, but knowing what we do about what was accomplished last year, and about beating Ohio State, getting to Indy, going to the college football playoff. If that if that doesn't happen in exchange for beating MSU by 40 points or whatever it is, I don't know. I guess there are worse things in the world. Uh this this I I they will win this game. Sorry. I, I mean I don't want to I'm already opening myself to being clipped and old takes exposed or whatever, but just get the job done. I mean, whatever it takes, empty the playbook, yes, just yes. one week at a time, install brand new stuff next week for all I care. Uh, get, get past this one and, and make it convincing too. Uh, let's go to Patrick Snyder who says, where in your guy's opinion, where in your guy's opinion, do you think Blake Corm is in the Heisman running and who is ahead of him? Go ahead, Clay. Yeah, I think he's probably running around fourth or fifth. Uh, CJ Stroud to me is the clear guy at this point uh, due in part to Ohio state. I mean, really just letting him kind of do that with his stats. Um, even in games when they're up big, you saw Toledo, I think it was when they scored 77 unnecessary, but whatever um, you have him, Bryce young can get himself back in. Uh, you have Hendon hooker. Uh, we're probably leaving a couple out DTR from UCLA was up there, but uh, he played well the other day, but they didn't get the win. So, um, that's going to hurt him a little bit, but I will say this. I think, well, I think Blake is running fourth or fifth. I think that's kind of the barrier right now for a running back. Like you're going to stay in that little area until 
you surge up there and somehow win it at the end because and you have some signature opportunities coming up this weekend on a national stage is one of them illinois and really 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 good run defense give them credit uh, is another opportunity ohio state potential big 10 championship so the opportunities are there um and then you see what those quarterbacks do you're going to need some help from those quarterbacks if cj stroud continues on this war path then i don't think you're going to get it but uh, I think he's probably running fourth, fifth, sixth, depending on who you uh, who you ask. And that's as, about as good as you can get at this point in the season for a running back. Yeah, Hendon Hooker is my guy right now, I think. And uh, he's played extremely well. And that game against Alabama probably did a ton, right, yes. for his candidacy. So Stroud looked average against Iowa. Uh, they had the ball. I think they started six or five drives at the at the thirty yard line or in, and settled for field goals on almost all of them. So uh, Iowa's defense is tough that way. So that's uh, that's what they do, and and they make it tough for you. And I think that goes to show you that was not a fifty three ten game or whatever it was. I mean, it was uh, Iowa's offense was so bad, terrible. Uh, that should have been probably a an eighty to ten game. The way that. that how bad that offense was for Iowa. So, and the positions that they put their that defense in. So, uh, I wasn't overly impressed. But I think Blake has a couple. As if he has another 200 yard game or something on national television, and then continues that, then I think he'll be right there in the mix. But I do think he can certainly get an invite. There's no question to New York. Mm-hmm. All right, a couple two dollar super chats here from uh, first from King Kane, who asked, "What's it going to take for Michigan to stop the Ohio State passing game?" I think. The recipe they showed you the recipe last year and keep those dudes in front of you, make them settle for field goals, get off the field in a couple critical third down situations. That's I don't know that you I mean, you stop it by if you get eight sacks. Yeah, that will that will shut things down. But um, you that's not that system um, and credit to Ryan Day and that offensive staff. They just find ways to scheme their guys open. It's got to keep those guys in front of you and not get beat deep. So um yeah, I think the recipe is what we saw last year. Any thoughts on that, fellas? Disguising coverages. I, I think they, and I think Notre Dame did a really nice job of that too in the opener, and they're not very good. And uh, Iowa showed the same thing. You know what? Make them beat you. Uh, disguise your coverages and make him make those good throws. You can't have receivers running wide open. You know what? The, the, the worst way to defend it was what, unfortunately, Don Brown did a couple of times there, <laughs> chasing guys in, in man coverage and putting your guys at a disadvantage. So Don Brown, again, did a lot of great things things here defending Ohio state in those later years was not one of them, but I think that's how you do it. You disguise coverages and uh, mix up your exotic blitzes a little bit and uh, don't give up those huge plays. And you know what? Uh, Iowa did it. They kept, they kept them kicking field goals for the most part until they warned out wore down there at the end. And if you do that, you're gonna have a chance to win. Yeah. There's three things. Get pressure on CJ Stroud, keep everything in front, eliminate those big plays. They're going to move the ball. They're going to have, you know, a lot of yards. We even saw that in the Michigan Ohio state game last year, but tighten up in the red zone is the third thing. And, you know, Michigan, as you said, Anthony, that was basically the blueprint a year ago, holding them to 27 points is about as good as you can do against an offense with that much talent, with that good of a scheme. And uh, it's basically that it's going to be tougher on the road. Um, But I think Michigan can do that. Even if you limit them to 35, this offense has enough of a gear, in my opinion, to win that game still. So you're going to have a chance, but you got to give yourself a chance by doing those three things. And people won't like to hear this either, but another way you stop them is by keeping them off the field. And by doing that, that is run the football. Man ball, baby. Man ball. And we can pray for some snow flurries because we know those those snowflakes can't handle that. Oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine the meltdown 
at, at Ohio Stadium if if it snows even even just a fraction. Oh God, portals, poor people. Hope they <laughs> layer up. Uh, Brian Legere, two dollar super chat says OSU was showing their whole playbook. OSU showing their whole playbook will hurt them. Uh, I don't know if that's in reference to the Iowa game. I didn't see the Iowa game live, but um, I think that is the difference with, uh, I think we've talked about this before the three of us too, is that you know teams like Ohio State run what they run and they are pedal to the metal from the first game. And there are obviously like when you execute as well and you scheme guys wide open as well as they do, you're able to do that. Uh, Michigan takes a little bit of a different approach every year. It's kind of a build up and a, and appeal back. I, I don't know that it, I don't know that Ohio State's um, the way that they call games has really hurt them all that much. It's actually served them pretty well. Uh, they still only have one Big Ten loss, and it was to Michigan last year. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure about that one, Brian. But uh, you guys, any thoughts on that? Yeah, they're always going to scheme something for Michigan and save something for Michigan. They always have. Uh, they always will. Jim Trussell was the the best at it. You know what he knew, for example, when Chad Henney had the bad arm in 2007, he only needed a couple plays. Uh, and he picked on a, you know, boom, a couple running plays, big plays, big gains where they took advantage of maybe some over pursuit or something like that, that they saw on film and scored and won uh, against in 2006, they took advantage of Michigan safeties a couple of times, saw something on film and there's no way that team should have scored 42 points on Michigan, but they did. So there are always going to be ways and plays that you can bring out against Michigan. Um, you know what? It, it's like somebody said, I think it was over here, you know what, you're going to have to keep up at times because they're going to put points on the board. Even last year when Michigan did a great job, I thought, defending them, Stroud had almost 400 yards passing. So that's just the reality of it. They're that good. They've got great receivers. So, you know what, show your best. And, uh, and you know, Michigan will have to – just going to have to cope with it. Yeah, it. I, I agree. Oh, go ahead. No, just well, defend just... it. That's all. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I, I do think there's something too, though, like Ohio State, you saw it with – Oklahoma throughout the years with Lincoln Riley where I mean they're just getting so many game reps doing what they do and they have so much talent on offense that it's going to be tough to stop regardless even if they're showing all their cards uh, and then obviously they do hold some things back as well so it's kind of a balance the way Michigan plays maybe you do hold back more that's probably the better way to go but Ohio State kind of throws more or less throws it on the table and begs you to stop it or challenges you to stop it and not many people can so it works out either way so I don't think it's a huge detriment to them my gut feeling too is that they're going to not give up on the run as quickly as they did last year as well ohio state and rely maybe on that offensive line a little bit more and see if they can run the ball in michigan so it'll be fascinating but we got what four games before we get there which is fantastic so uh a few tune-up games uh at least they damn well better be let's put it that way yeah we'll, we'll see what happens but uh yeah it does feel like a uh, again thank you brian for for the two dollar donation it does feel like a collision course right now so Brian again in there with another two bucks. He says Ohio state versus Penn state will be a tell all game. Yeah. Uh, Ohio state, even with, it's funny to say coming off a 54, 10 win over Iowa. Um, it's may, might be the least impressive 54, 10 win you could have. I mean, Iowa's offense is an abomination. They turned the ball over six times to credit to their defense. They forced a lot of field goals. Um, and Penn state played up, uh, Penn State played up last week and put that Michigan game behind him. So we'll see. Uh, I think it's a, it's been a while since Ohio State has been physically tested. Um, again, I don't know where you guys stand on uh, rooting for against James Franklin coming off of uh, the peanut butter and jelly controversy. But, uh, yeah, it will be telling. And it, it, we'll get to watch that game. It's at noon, and Michigan's yeah. playing the night game. So 
that is uh, another one of those Big Ten pecking order games. Watch uh, watch Penn State uh, beat Ohio State somehow, and then you know what? Sneak into that uh, East Division championship again, like they did in what 2016 or whatever, when they were the third best team in that in that division. But uh, I, you know, I don't believe in the transitive property stuff. Anything can happen on any given weekend, so we will find out. You know what? For example, let's go back to when Iowa beat Ohio State. What was it? Fifty-four to fifty-five to something uh, three or four years ago, right? Uh, that didn't prevent Ohio State from beating Michigan or winning the Big Ten championship. So um, you can have a bad day. You can have a team that rises up and then all of a sudden plays, you know, out of its mind and beats you. But I do anticipate Penn State giving Ohio State more trouble than they than uh, they gave Michigan. And when then, what's R.J. Young going to say, Anthony? Is he going to say? Is he going to compare those two? That guy. I don't know who he is really, to be honest with you, but some of the takes that I've, yeah. I've seen from him are some of the dumber things I've ever seen on Twitter. And that's saying something, but, Oh, now we know all, everything about these two teams because Iowa won 55 to 10 and Michigan only beat Iowa or Ohio state beat Iowa by that. And Michigan only beat him. That doesn't work that way, man. Come on. Do you know football? It just doesn't work that way. But Brian, I agree with you that uh, I think Penn state's going to give them at least a, a battle and slow that offense down. And especially in that environment, that should be a lot of fun. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't going to invoke RJ Young in this show, but here we I are. Um, I am so mini rant here. I am so tired of the buildup to every Michigan Ohio State game of comparing box scores and comparing who did what this week versus this opponent. Well, well, there's your comparison. That's all you need to know. They will settle it on. There's nothing to compare. They will settle it on the field on November 26th. So, don't show me a box score. Don't show me time of possession. I don't care about any of that. Uh, and I get tired too of the, um, you know, oh, well, last week Michigan showed uh, and that went over Penn State. They're the challenger to Ohio State and the big challenger to Ohio State. Michigan's the reigning Big Ten champion. So I get a little tired of the whole, um, the whole, oh, well, big bad Ohio. State. I mean, Vegas has them as the favorite. That's great. That's fine. Michigan is the reigning Big Ten champion until someone else wins it, right? So the fact that we're still doing this, well, who's the challenger to Ohio State? Michigan's playing as well as anyone in college football is right now on both sides of the football. They play a clean football. They don't beat themselves. They've been dominant in the trenches. Let's see Ohio State prove that they're the fa- they're the supposed favorite that everyone says they are, and they'll settle it on the field. But I'm yep. just tired of the paper discourse, like watch games and take into account what's still on the line. So I'm annoyed by that. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. We Brian something. You're... Yeah. Go ahead, Clay. I was just going to say, I mean, we learn something from every game you can learn, you know, we could learn something about Penn state, Ohio state this weekend, but I mean, look at 2018, Ohio state maybe should have lost to Maryland and then they go and blow out Michigan the next right. week. You mentioned, you know, last year they kill Michigan state who beat Michigan and right. then, we saw what happened on November 27th. So it doesn't, yeah, I don't really even know what the argument is. Maybe he's, you know, replying basically to people who were saying Michigan should be ranked higher. I don't really think that stuff even matters at this point in the season right now, especially when the rankings have no bearing on the college football playoff, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah. That tweet, I saw some of the replies where everyone was like, well, some people replied to my reply to him saying that's all he does. He's just a troll anyway. So I don't really know who he is Clearly. either, but it was but Brian's uh, $5 question. Yeah, back up there for a second. Put Brian's. We're gonna get for his fight. You're right. You're right. And this is that's a better point, Brian, that you make is that they have not played anybody. If we look at Notre Dame, you know what? They were in a dogfight with them for the better part of three quarters, at least. 
And granted, it was the first game of the year, but Notre Dame had some athletes out there and they gave them trouble. So this is going to be a, a good measuring stick as to, hey, you know what, if they go into, into Happy Valley and they blow them, blow them out 49 to 10 or something like that, then I'll be impressed and I'll say, wow, you know what, these guys, because uh, that is a tough. And Penn State almost always plays them tough there. So uh, I don't anticipate that happening. And as a matter of fact, I think that Penn State's going to play. Uh, they're going to give them a game, at least for a while. So, but good point, Brian. Uh, looking forward. I can't wait to see that one. I love, There's that's the good thing about a, a 7.30 game is that you get to watch some of those fun games before that too. Yeah, and the one thing that Michigan was able to do on Iowa at Kinnick Stadium, mind you, was run the football and do, do so unapologetically. So um, we'll see what happens November 26th. I'm tired of the, you know, if you don't, if you're a national guy and you have all, you know, this big umbrella of teams that you're just watching, you're not watching, you're just looking at box scores. There's no way you can be locked into teams when you have that much to cover. Um, you're, again, we've already addressed more of it than we need to, but settle on the field. I'm tired of the paper comparisons. We'll see what happens. So last year, Michigan didn't have the formula to beat Ohio state. They beat Ohio state. So we'll see what happens when they play on the field. Uh, I'm going to check for any other, we're going to end on this one uh, from Zion Schaub who asks, sorry for joining late. It's fine. You join whenever you'd like the replay, of course, available uh, on the YouTube channel after the fact and in your podcast feeds. Any advice, and Zion's asking, any advice for my first night game? Uh, avoid the drunken Sparties, number one. Uh, you're going to people get in your face probably, and uh, they're going to be there all day and looking to mix it up. I had a buddy get in trouble as the, uh, the second man in. Yeah, like a hockey fight one year and uh, after taking a cheap shot, and uh, he countered with a – with a big right hand, as Mickey Redmond might say, and uh, ended up in the clink. So that's number one. Uh, number two, uh, dress warmly, brother, because it's going to be cold up there. It's going to be, I think, 40-something degrees at kickoff. And uh, and But when you have those coats, and I'm not condoning this, sometimes there are pockets for – you know, little libations in there that you can, uh, that you can smuggle in. I'm just saying like, uh, yeah, I mean like little bottles of water or something like that to quench your thirst. The little, the little tiny abs of pure bottles. Right? Exactly. The official yep. water of Michigan athletics, of course, no free. You have it. <laughs> um, and we aren't getting paid for that. No, we're not. <laughs> yeah. Any advice I for him, Clay? Get there early. If you're going to tailgate and just enjoy the long tailgate. Um, because that's fun. Some of the noon games is kind of crammed in where you can, maybe you're not going to eat before or whatever, depending on timing and getting there. So if you're going to tailgate, do that. Um, and yeah, he says he's from the UP and knows how to stay warm. So there you I go on that. I will say being out in the stands, my experience, you know, when I was just a fan out in the stands, just an average Joe, uh, as I still am, but now I'm in the warm press box. Um, it, it didn't feel that cold when Michigan was winning. Uh, no matter what I was wearing, but it would get a little colder. Uh, so hopefully t uh, this Saturday night uh, they will be winning and you won't have any Sparties getting your face after. I've had that happen too. So yep. uh, hopefully it would be smooth sailing for you, Zion. Yeah, Zion, just wear your moose hunting gear, eh? And you'll be fine. Yeah. Later I heard on, he's a uh, former neighbors with Tom Izzo up there too. So uh, yeah. yeah, I love the Upers, man. Those are good people up there. Yeah, and they always, uh, we, you know, back – Back in the day when I was going to games as a pedestrian, so to speak, uh, we called them sock buddies, right? Those little, those tiny little, tiny little, tiny little bottles of fireball. Yes, sir. Um, so <laughs> I knew that Central, was coming. I knew somebody Central, was going to say it. Yeah. Central Michigan University. Uh, Different kind of sock buddy there, Hutch. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, 
All right, fellas. Uh, I think this is probably a good place to call it. A lot of, a lot of, it's going to be a fun week. I think um, the build up to this game always is. It's a little more heated uh, just because this is the backyard brawl. This is a neighborly rival. You could go out to get your paper or get your mail in the morning and your neighbor across the street has the gruff Sparty flag or has a Spartan sweatshirt on. This is, this one's different because it's the one we live in every single day. Those, those hooligans south of the state line, we can, you know, we deal with them when, when we need to, but uh, the Michigan state fans are dealt with uh, on a daily basis. And some of them are family and friends and we love them dearly, but this is not the week for that. So um, Chris Ballas, Clayton Safey, thank you so much again for your time. Producer Hutch behind the scenes uh, doing an elite job as always. Um, not so secretly rooting for Penn state uh, this weekend, probably despite the fact that they uh, are wasters of uncrustable sandwiches, but Thanks yeah, that'll do, <laughs> that'll, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Chris Ballas, Clayton Safey, Anthony Broom. Uh, we'll the three of us will be back on Thursday for our Michigan State preview. So be locked into that. And again, thank you guys so much for your support. We'll talk to you again soon.